Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody and welcome to another real world road test here on the Radio Shore Limited Network. And the car that I'm standing next to today is the biggest seller for its manufacturer. And if I tell you the manufacturer is Porsche, and you have a quick guess before I tell you, as I think that probably most of you will guess right, the Porsche's biggest seller here in the States where I've been testing the car and in fact in most of Europe is the Porsche Macan. Real World Road Tests So then, the Porsche Macan mid-size SUV, sport utility vehicle and of course being Porsche emphasis very much indeed on the sport. Uh, let's talk about the genesis of this line of vehicles for Porsche it wasn't so very long ago, well, it doesn't seem so to me, that Porsche were just making sports cars. But with the arrival of Cayenne, well over 15 years ago now, uh, that all changed. Now, Cayenne didn't arrive to a thunderous welcome from many sections of the motoring press or indeed from Porsche's existing customer base but what it allowed Porsche to do was expand into other areas and the Macan is just an extension of that philosophy this 2018 Macan S petrol is in silver and as far as the styling is concerned well it's very much corporately Porsche at the front end and I'm not criticising for that at all actually the uh, headlights laid back the lenses at least laid back into the top of the wings uh, giving actually almost a bit of an Aston Martin look to the front end or at least the top of the front end of this car what sets it apart of course is how far those headlights are off the ground uh, the Macan differs from its larger sibling, certainly the earlier versions of its larger sibling, by having a clamshell bonnet, by which I mean the actual bonnet itself is effectively in one piece and uh, hinges up right down to the top of the wheel arches. And then there's a, a gap, instead of being on the top of the wings or just inside the top of the wings, the fenders, uh, it runs uh, behind there towards the door the front door area underneath those headlights a couple of air intakes fog lights big Porsche grille on the front and the Porsche shield of course with the Stuttgart prancing horse on there prancing horse that was slimmed down uh, in the late 1990s and the Porsche uh, in black there now as it has been for some years earlier Porsche cars the uh, Porsche script on the, the top of the antler horns there that used to be uh, in silver or gold. Let's uh, walk down the side of the car. Now, this one is enhanced by a rather large 20-inch multi-spoke alloys and a very classic Porsche design, almost a BBS cross-spoke design. Under there, there are 
six pot calipers on the front end uh, and large ventilated discs uh, just again underlining the sporting nature of this SUV the standard cars uh, come with 18 or 19 inch rims depending on market uh, more extras down the side with the addition of a side step and uh, on this silver car a black styling rubber insert to the bottom of the doors now when you open the doors I'll open the passenger side I'm standing on the, the right hand side of this left hand drive car they open pretty much all the way down to that sill so it's quite a long door but it is a little bit of a step up to it I'm not sure about the sills if I'm honest I'm not sure that would be something I would specify um, it doesn't take anything out of the ground clearance uh, in fairness uh, it does make the car just a tiny bit wider at that point uh, of the car but that's not the widest point of the car anyway talk more about the interior in a minute uh, very Porsche shaped rear view mirrors with a non-opening front quarter light the side profile uh, quite hunkered down almost as if it's on its haunches and uh, a very clever bit of design that pulls your eye down towards the back of the car whilst the roof line is still relatively high. It almost looks like a coupe profile and that's done by the shape of the rear window and on this S, Macan S, it has aluminium trim around to the back willow window and the C pillar. A little C pillar. There's a little rear quarter light there uh, as well. Rear door opens right into the wheel arch and uh, it's not desperately easy to get in there this isn't a full-size SUV but by no means is it the most difficult either talk a bit about that again uh, in a few moments time going round to the back of the car once again the sporting heritage and Porsche Sporter sporting heritage reflective here with four rather large oval exhaust pipes with polished stainless steel tips poking out from under what is uh, appears to be at least in the shape of a diffuser with five vertical strakes there uh, the part of the bodywork underneath the bumper is painted in matte black or it's finished in matte black uh, two new designs of, of uh, rear lights here for the 2018 slight upgrade slightly darker lenses LED lights on the rear end that cut right round into the rear wings and the rear wings do have a, a little bit of a shape to them so there is a little bit of a flare coming out from the side so when you're sitting in looking backwards you can see a little bit of the bodywork which I always quite like uh, I quite like the new style of these these rear lights they sort of set back in a little bit and uh, it's very clever how it's been done. Part of it in the rear tailgate, which is operated on this Mechanis, uh, with a button on the rear wiper housing. So if you haven't read the book, you'll spend ages looking for that. As you can hear, this one's got the electrically operated opening, and the boot is spacious. It's not very deep, because there is a spare wheel, albeit a space saver spare wheel and a compressor under the floor, but it goes back a long way more than enough room for two or three uh, decent sized cases or three or four smaller sized cases the parcel self lift, lifts up with the tailgate of course and you've got the option on this powered tailgate of just shutting the tailgate or shutting and locking 
Uh, if you haven't got the keyless entry system, you need to be a bit careful uh, with that. From the B pillar backwards, all the windows are privacy glass and there's a gloss black spoiler over the top of the window with the rear window uh, on the hatchback, on the tailgate with the high-level brake light on there as well. All right, let's come round the other side. I'm now on the driver's side, the left-hand side of this car, and the rear door open wide. Can I sit behind myself? Well... Pleased to report, I'm sure Porsche will be as well, that I can. Now, as you know, I'm a little over 5 feet 10, but I do like to be quite up on the wheel. Um, the seat would not be able to come back much further or lean back much further before it would be more difficult for me to get in to this car. Uh, that said, it's I think you can call it a genuine four-seater, not a really a five-seater because of the transmission tunnel, and this is, of course, permanent all-wheel drive, although there's a torque vectoring system that, for the most part, sends the majority of the power to the back wheels. Um, I have got the centre armrest folded down here. The interior in this car, on the silver car, is black and dark red, and it's an absolute picture lovely place to be uh, contrasting red stitching on the bits that are black and a couple of cup holders in the middle couple of usbs you've got a temperature control in the back here and heated seats on the back as well um, but again be careful if you uh, hit the option lists i think the base model of the Macan s here in the states is uh $55,500, Hit the options lists and you could be well, adding quite a lot of money onto that towards the region where you could probably buy a Carrera 911 for the same money. All right, let's uh, move out of here. Oh, just before I go, I should say this this has got the panoramic sunroof and, and it doesn't eat into the headroom at all here. And despite that coupe appearance I was talking about when I was standing outside, there is actually quite a lot of headroom here. The rear headrests have good adjustment as well. Uh, and it's actually a really comfortable place to be. Now, the trade-off there is you're not perhaps sitting quite as high theatre style uh, above the front seat passengers as on some of this car's competitors. But, you know, that said, it's not a bad place to be. And there's plenty of room between the front seats to look out. It's not claustrophobic at all here in the back right let's uh, just open the car door of course as soon as I started doing this somebody pulled up next to me and so that's taken away a little bit of the room for getting in and out right let's go to the driver's seat always a very satisfying thud when you close a Porsche door and it doesn't really matter how old or young the Porsche is they all do it hang on let's have a listen yeah, I'm sure they've got somebody uh, back in Stuttgart actually working on that. Well, if you've had any kind of Porsche in the recent past, the uh, view that I've got now will be very familiar to you. Uh, whether it's a Cayman or a Boxster or a 911 or a Panamera in particular, and certainly the Cayenne, um, this is all standard Porsche fare. Three dials with the rev counter right in the middle, programmable dial on the right-hand side, speedometer on the left, and a plethora of buttons on the centre console. Now, I'm starting to think that that might be looking a tiny little bit busy. They all do things. There's three or four, in fact, there's six 
uh, here that aren't being used. I have no clue what else we could be adding onto that, but I'm sure there's something. This being a Macan S, it has the sport button, the uh, variable damper button. As standard, these cars come with uh, springs and shock absorbers, but uh, there is a variable uh, uh, option as well. Uh, We've also got lane departure warning here. That's an option. And the start-stop feature, as well as an off-road feature, which I be honest i haven't used there's a hill descent control further up there's your aircon controls duplicated either side and temperature controls because it's a split zone and then up on the console on the roof there's more i can move the sun blind i can tilt or slide the panoramic sunroof back as well so plenty of buttons to keep you going with on the door that theme continues with five buttons for the wing mirror adjustment uh, four buttons for the uh, electric windows on here on the driver's side, plus a lockout, plus a tailgate release. Uh, the steering wheel is a little less cluttered. All the Porsche S's here in the States get the PDK, the Porsche uh, Doppelkaplung. The, uh, it's effectively a manual gearbox that is uh, operated uh semi-automatically but it does have cogs in there this is a seven speed uh, box in here but again all of the stalks the steering wheel and everything absolutely standard fare and to to my view sitting here this is not unlike sitting in a boxster except you're just two feet higher sitting up off the ground to be honest Um, it's a nice driving position the s gets electric seats uh, as standard, there are varying degrees. I think these are eight ways. There's um, nine ways and 14 way uh, adjustment if you want to spend a bit more money. But these are more than adequate and relatively easy to find yourself a nice driving position. The uh, steering column on this version as well is uh, electrically operated. And of course, you can save anything, everything to the memory and also program the key from there as well. The centre console is quite wide. It has to be to put all those buttons on. Uh, gear change is either via sticking it into park, pulling it across and shifting manually. A word of warning there, the gear lever still goes the wrong way in sequential. So instead of pulling back to shift up, which is the correct way in my mind, and pushing away from you to change down, it's the other way around. However, Porsche, Porsche have some time ago uh, gone away from the clicking the buttons either way on the steering wheel to proper paddles with a plus paddle on the right and a minus paddle on the other, uh, on the left side. And they move with the steering wheel and they are beautifully crafted. They really feel very sturdy indeed on the edges of that three-sport wheel. Got a clock in the middle of the dashboard. Satellite radio here in the States as well as still having a CD slot, I noticed. Uh, Phone connectivity with your phone. Uh, Porsche have their own Porsche phone app, PCM, uh, which is, uh, well, interesting. But frankly, I don't use it for that. Uh, for anything I don't use my phone other than for answering phone calls uh, through the system and maybe playing a bit of music and that all fires up on the Bluetooth uh, and it found it fine Uh, a couple of cup holders then a um, 
cubby hole in the middle with another USB port and another power outlet. You're not short of power outlets, 12-volt power outlets. Good-sized door bins. Ooh, got a pair of sunglasses in there. Must remember not to leave them when I hand it back. See, that's how big it was. Uh, Good-sized door bins, decent amount of uh, storage space and a relatively commanding view of the road. So, absolutely premium feel, absolutely what you'd expect. It's a Porsche. Does it deliver the Porsche driving experience? Well, we'll find that out next when we take this 2018 specification Porsche Macan S out onto the road. Real world road tests. Right, let's get on the road then in this 2018 Porsche Macan S. This is the petrol version. So, a familiar engine to those that know your VAG products. This uh, group engine is a 3-litre V6 twin turbo. Pops up in a number of the other ranges as well. But here, Porsche at Stuttgart have breathed on it to give just over 340 foot-pounds of torque. And uh, relatively easily delivered, it has to be said, 340 horsepower. It's linked to the PDK. Porsche Doppelklipplung gearbox which is a delight to use either in full auto mode where you can still override it by using the stick or the paddles or you can put it into full manual mode and then it's down to you very tractable engine that torque ample torque means that you can get up into 7th gear at just over 40 miles an hour going at slightly slower than that at the moment so sitting in sixth but it does have the Porsche gliding feature which we talked about when I ran in the Carrera 4S down to the Nürburgring which helped that car to over 30 miles to the gallon well over 30 miles to the gallon uh, this is a feature whereby in auto or in manual, if you lift off the throttle in manual and pull the, the paddle shifter back, basically disconnects the gearbox from the road wheels and effectively you're freewheeling. And if you can get used to doing that in manual, it's uh, very good indeed for your MPG figures. Uh, in auto, it does it itself. Sometimes it's better just to remind it. We've also got uh, start-stop here. There's the engine stopping, not that you'd probably notice the change in sound because the outside elements are very well isolated from you sitting here in your leather-clad luxury. Now, the first thing that you notice on this Macan is that Porsche have managed to translate their usual sports car and indeed big SUV quality into this, their smaller SUV. Everything that you touch, whether it's the paddle shifters, the steering wheels, even the stalks, the buttons, all right, there might be slightly too many of them on the centre console, but everything works and feels really sturdy. And so long as you stay away from the options list with a US price that starts uh, just on $57,000, uh, you can get yourself a reasonable bargain. Bargain and Porsche. However, if you go mad on the option list, 
you're going to find yourself with a car that has a list price at somewhere near what you could invest in a two-wheel drive Porsche Carrera 911 such is the way of the world today with most manufacturers let's go through just how this car drives on the road it's not a sports car but it has sporting pretensions the rest of the motoring press would have you believe that this is the gold standard as far as handling for mid-size SUVs and I'm not going to disagree with that it is very good indeed this has springs and dampers uh, with and a degree of adjustment on it there's a couple of different clicks on the damper button frankly driving in the comfort setting effectively uh, has been fine for me even with a little bit of spirited driving where allowed the way that the Porsche suspension and chassis engineers have been able to control the body roll in a car that obviously isn't as heavy as the bigger Cayenne but is still quite high off the ground is very impressive indeed and they've also managed to instill this car with the same sure footedness that all of the Porsche sports cars that I've ever driven from Boxster right up to 911 Carrera 4S well they all have that and this has it too in the more comfortable setting it soaks up the bumps very well indeed when you tighten it up it does just get a little bit jiggly and I'm not really certain why you might need that although I have spoken to people in Porsche Club GB who have this car or the GTS who do take them on track days and tell me that they are very very capable track day machines which I find interesting to say the least it's all wheel drive of course but there is a effectively a torque split system which means that the very clever Porsche electronics decide where to send the uh, power which axle and it's infinitely variable I've just pulled up here because uh, I wanted to get off the road and just turn the engine off and restart it because the other thing about this car is how good it sounds now even without any of the sport settings switched on just have a listen to this when I restart this V6 3 litre engine it's not popping and banging but it's not bad at all is it for a car that could easily take four people and their luggage in summary Porsche have really got their heads around this SUV game there was some criticism of course when the original Cayenne came out that's not what Porsche's all about but all car manufacturers nowadays have to diversify their product range to be able to survive I think in the early years many of the Porsche enthusiasts sort of thought it was okay to have the SUV if it meant Porsche were continuing to buy to build rather great sports cars I think the Macan in particular takes the 
SUV philosophy from Porsche way beyond that. Yes, it is their most popular car here in the States and in Europe. It's also a car that holds its value extremely well and is the least depreciating of any Porsche you'll buy a buy right at the moment. So it's not just about propping up the business and allowing them to build 911s and Boxsters and Caymans. This is now one of their line items and is, in Porsche terms at least, a volume production car. Now there will still be those that think that the Porsche Crest shouldn't be on a vehicle of this type. And whilst I have some sympathy for that, and as a Porsche enthusiast I understand where they're coming from, I think I'd have to disagree, because it is different enough for every, from everything else in this mid-size SUV category to be taken seriously as a Porsche first and an SUV second. Ironically, of course, the people who Porsche are trying to attract into the Porsche brand with this car are probably looking at it as an SUV and the practicalities that that brings first and the history and the sporting achievements of Porsche may not be very high up on their shopping lists. But to be honest, I don't care. If it brings more people into Porsche showrooms, if it keeps Porsche as a brand in profit, and it's this car certainly exudes the Porsche DNA, then I, I think that's fine. It's a very nice place to sit in. It's a nice place to travel short or long journeys. It's a Porsche, so there will be people who will bulk slightly at the price, but that's a Porsche. You really do get the feeling, though, that once you've spent a little time with this Mechanis, that your money has been, dare I say, well invested. And those depreciation figures that I talked about sort of bear that out. You try finding a three-year-old Macan that isn't a really good price. There, there aren't any that the bottom have dropped out of this market and that's because these are good cars and people keep them, they hold on to them or they trade them for another one. Anecdotally in talking to some of the Porsche dealerships out here, it also provides that first stepping stone into Porsche ownership for a lot of people who perhaps wouldn't have considered Porsche as a brand before. And that means that there's more people getting into Caymans and Boxsters. Yes, of course, Cayennes for a bigger version of this. And indeed the classic 911 than if this car didn't exist. If I had to be slightly critical, uh, then there's not a huge amount of room in the, the back. It's adequate, but only that. Uh, certainly if there was four of you adults going a long journey, then you wouldn't be able to stretch out in the front there would be some compromise required there I guess the answer there is if you need to take four people and their luggage on longer journeys then buy the Cayenne which doesn't have a seven seat option so you've got a huge boot and more room behind the front seat but don't get me wrong it's not cramped in the back it's adequate as I said uh, there are some options from other manufacturers that I can think of that have more room in the back, including, interestingly, the new Audi Q5, which shares a platform with this car, just seems to make a little bit more of the interior space. But I'm right on the same page as my other automotive journalist colleagues when they say that this car is 
the one that everyone is shooting for in terms of its handling capabilities. Uh, you forget very quickly that this is an SUV. It does just feel like you're driving a sports car but sitting on a set of stepladders and it's not even caught me out yet. I've got nowhere near the outer performance limits and I doubt you probably would on a public road. It's a car that I could drive day in and day out and I didn't think I'd say that when we first got into this car five or six days ago but over the last 450, nearly 500 miles 27 miles to the gallon on a mixture of freeway i.e. motorway driving the state speed limit here is 70 miles an hour and commuting sort of driving I don't think he's bad this car's only got 1800 miles on the clock I'd expect to see that over 30 miles to the gallon I think that should be achievable in UK gallons uh, that would be early 20s to mid 20s on the US gallon of course if you use all of the performance levels that is going to drop down very quickly but this really is a smashing car that has a couple of personalities you can stick it in auto drive it with your slippers on be nice and smooth and feel like you're almost driving a limousine it's every bit as refined as a Panamera or a Cayenne but what you can't do with the Cayenne is then decide to hustle that car on. That is a big car and its weight transfer lets you know straight away that you have to be a bit more precise. With this McCann, the feeling that I'm getting is that the harder I push it, the more fun I will have and that the car has got far more capabilities than either the skill or the bravery of the driver. And you know, that's not a bad thing to say. It's safe. It's planted, and at the end of the day, it's still a Porsche. Another real world road test. Check out more at RadioLeMond.com.